Let us talk into the microphones. Yeah. Popping, popping. Popping, popping. Syphilis, syphilis, <laughs> syphilis. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent mic check. Yeah. Syphilis. Sound guys did it in New Zealand. Syphilis, syphilis. Because um, Kiwis do tend to actually um, yeah, yeah. say that quite loudly anyway. You're listening to Three Wicked Women, and I'm interviewing Takumi Motokawa, a Berlin-based percussionist, composer, and conductor. Um, he's currently wearing a rather lovely floppy sun hat. Um, actually, it suits you, Tak. I really, I like it. Okay, yeah. How are you doing? Yeah, good, thanks. Excellent. I wanted to talk to you about conducting and writing for... Film like film soundtracks, writing for screen. Yeah. So we'll talk about both things. I know that Megan and I are both fascinated by okay. conducting. Yeah. I know that you did a, a 10-day intensive workshop with orchestra in St. Petersburg yeah. at the start of the year. Yeah. Can you tell us about your experience of being there and, and what you did in the course? Okay. Um, well, first of all, um, St. Petersburg, I've never been to um, St. Petersburg and um, I was always fascinated by um, Russia. It was a um, very good experience um, being there. I was very inspired and, yeah. And what was it like getting to work with a, a real orchestra? Well, it's not just real orchestra, it's actually the professional orchestra. It's a bit of a difference between uh, working with um, amateur and student ensemble mm. and uh, professional orchestra. Basically, the difference mm. is professional orchestra can play pieces straight away by sight yeah with um little amount of rehearsals and that seems to be a really important thing with modern orchestras and conducting i've read that you don't get a lot of rehearsal time anymore is that true unfortunately those days are basically gone because of the budget um restrictions and they don't usually get that many um hours to rehearse. How um, many hours would be typical these days for a, for a performance? Well, small regional orchestra, I've had an experience of just only two rehearsals and uh, had to actually perform. Mm. So that's about running the, running the piece twice or three times. Wow. Yeah. I look at conducting and imagine some sort of interesting relationship between the conductor and the orchestra where there's visual or, or gestural communication going on. Yeah. Do you find that, that working with the orchestra you worked with in St. Petersburg, that they're very responsive to your commands? Yes. Uh, they were, yeah. What's, what's it like having that kind of power over a large number of musicians? It's very satisfying, but um, also at the, at the same time... Um, there's a lot of stuff going on in my head and at the same time, so I don't really get to f feel that much of, whoa, I was just doing something, whoa, that kind of, <laughs> I, I, my, my mind has to be on the next page all the time anyway. Okay, so you so don't get to rest in the grandeur of no, the moment. No, 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 no. How far ahead in a piece are you? That's the thing. Um, I have to be always ahead of them. Mm. Otherwise, there's no point of having a um, conductor in front of the orchestra. So basically, I have to know the piece inside out mm. and um, 
Yeah, even before they play, I have to give them upbeat. Mm-hmm. And upbeat basically indicates everything mm. they have to play on the downbeat. Ah, okay. So it's the preparatory yes. gesture before the the downbeat. That sounds like a form of magic that you can be with them as they are, but you're also ahead of them and getting them ready for the next thing. How well do they need to know the piece? Well, that's the thing about having having a conductor in front. Um, they do need to know the piece, but they don't actually have to know um, every single person is doing what. Okay. So if you're playing the violin, you don't, well, you do need to know um, a couple of cues, but uh, you don't quite need to know, for example, what trombone is doing. Okay. Um, but at very high high level um, orchestra, you do actually need to know um, what everyone else is doing. But but that's their homework that they would need to do. Yeah, but it's easier to play uh, with a conductor um, without knowing what everyone else is doing. Because you can trust, you can hope, Hopefully, you'll trust them to guide you through the piece. Yes, it's um, it's basically just all all about having a mixer or like mixing desk in mm. front of you and sort of dealing with the what needs to be in the forefront and what needs to be in the background. Oh, that's a nice analogy. Yeah. Okay, so the conductor is this basically the sound engineer of the orchestra. Basically, yeah. Ah. Yeah. How far do conductors vary from the arrangement suggestions in a piece? Uh, you mean the in- interpretation? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's actually another thing about conductor. Um, it, for example, like if it's just one piece um, by um, Beethoven, um, seventh or something like that, or or even ninth. Mm. Um, well, for example, the length of the piece can actually vary quite mm. a bit. Um, for example, Karyan's um, Beethoven Ninth. He's a very famous conductor, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, would be somewhere around 74 minutes. Okay. And that's actually how um, the capacity of the CD was decided in the first place because his Ninth <laughs> was exactly, exactly around, around 74 minutes. So whoever whoever invented the technology was a huge classical music fan. Well, Sony actually, yeah. Ah, so this was a product decision. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay, but then another conductor would run it at a quicker pace or run it at a slower pace. Yeah. <sighs> For me, classical music is a series of canonic pieces. Yeah. Different orchestras around the world have done these pieces a number of times before conductors may revisit pieces over the course of their career. Yes. How do you bring something new to the interpretation of a piece? Well, it's actually a hard thing. For example, with orchestra, you can add or subtract members mm. that would actually contribute to the mm. sound quality. Basically, if you add more strings, mm-hmm. it's going to get this really massive okay. um, yeah. sound and... Um, well, usually heavier mm-hmm. sound, but you can't really do that for the sake of um, making it heavier. It has to be according to each piece anyway. So um, if it's only got like two oboes and two two flutes, and then you just have like massive, massive um string section, <laughs> um, yeah. section. you're gonna drown them out. Yeah, yeah. But, but also, I guess there's budgetary constraints with most orchestras. Yeah, but. Also, the things you can do is, again, in the mixing process, 
of the orchestra.、Mm. It can make, make the sound very bright, or it can just make the sound very dark, dark and, and yeah, ominous. Wow, such power. Yeah. But it's a living dynamic. It's not something you're doing in a studio afterwards. It's, this, it's a thing that has to happen、yeah. in an ephemeral moment. And then once that piece is gone, it's gone. Yeah. Kind of sounds interest you when you think about writing for screen? Well, I'm interested by all sorts of、um, sounds anyway, from anything harmonic and, me- and melodic、mm. in the more of a traditional sense to something contemporary and electronic or more a- atonal. Okay, and I suppose it would depend very much on the, the project that you were writing、yes. for. What's, what's the process? If you get A film. Yeah. What's the actual setup for writing to it? You must have to see cuts of the film to write to them. Yeah.、Uh, usually the director gives me certain moments, like,、um, for example, like scene blah, blah, blah from three minutes 52 to, to four minutes 34, for example, like happy, cheerful. Uh, but、um, slightly ominous. ominous. <laughs> Or something Some, like that. A good day that's about to go very, very bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You recently did a project that involved you、uh, bashing a car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For music. For music. I just had one day in the studio、uh, with, with a car and a、uh, whole bunch of. Recording equipment and basically just sampled、um, whatever noise we can actually、um, make out of, out of like a car. So, hitting the car or scraping it, or just engine sound and electronic sounds, we reconstructed it、mm-hmm. into more of a musical piece. piece yeah. Was it fun? Well, it's, yeah. Does it, I mean, who gets to beat up a car for? Work. <laughs> That's great. Unless you're a panel beater. Well, unless you're a panel Did you actually do any damage to the car? Like, did you get to scrape no, it or anything? No, 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 no. Okay, no, so you didn't get、no. to be that tough with it. No. I did actually hit quite hard, but、uh, <laughs> well, I, knew, I, I knew what I was doing. So, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, you're a percussionist by trade, basically. Yeah. And you've, you've performed with、uh, a touring New Zealand percussion group called Strike. Yeah. How did you come to percussion? I played piano since I was six.、Mm. And、um, basically, when I was at、um, high school, I just really wanted to play in the orchestra. And then, like, conductor actually came up to me, okay, you, you can play the piano. So, 
and then you can read the music while then you play while then you play percussion. Okay. And that's how <laughs> everything because it, started. Because it is a rhythmic instrument, so yeah, and that's actually quite um, common thing um, oh. among um, all the classical percussionists. They usually start as a um, pianist. And how how melodic do you find percussion? Because I mean, I come from a rock background, and yeah. you've got a pretty standard and limited palette of of rock. Mm. Sounds, but percussion as a as an orchestral instrument has a really really wide tonal variation. Yeah. How how melodic do you find being a percussionist? Well, um, I do it tend to think in terms of melody quite often anyway. Okay. And well, this is going off the topic, but um, mm. I think piano is um, piano is percussion anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and I do feel a little bit weird when I'm playing um, electric. Um, electric piano mm. because I don't really see the hammer hitting the string. You don't get the acoustic sense of it being no. a percussive instrument. No. Right. Yeah. What brought you to Berlin? Well, I basically just wanted to um, expand my horizon. I'm into both um, classical and uh, contemporary music, so um, Berlin's pretty strong in um, both of those, especially um, electronic music, and easy to travel to um, Eastern Europe mm-hmm. also. If Berlin was a person, how would you describe that person to someone else? Someone who stays up late uh, making something and doesn't really work in like nine to five job. <laughs> <laughs> Selling ideas. So, where can people find out about your many types of work? I do have a website mm-hmm. and it is um, takumimotokawa.com. Yeah. Fantastic. Takumi Motokawa, thank you so much for talking with Three Weeks of Women. It's been a pleasure.